Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 244 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Lauren. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today, Lauren? I'm doing all right. It's Easter. Woo! Woo! And we've just been having a pre-podcast discussion about celebrities with small faces. Yeah, because, you know, everybody has to have a discussion about small head and. Celebrities. If you're curious, if you if you do a Google search for celebrities with tiny faces, there are a lot of people who have put effort into just <laughs> making pictures where the celebrity has the same sized head, but they shrink the face down so it's only a small part of the fa- of their head, and it's just it's quite comical. <laughs> also, so other good. theories we found. Um, there was a very long theory relating to whether or not actors is their heads get larger as they get older. Mm very strange although to be fair like with that in mind though does it is it going along with the hairline because a lot of men have no bradley they the bradley cooper was the example and his face got wider it got wider yeah how did it get wider I, I don't know i didn't actually spend too much time reading into it but it does make me wonder whether or not you know you've been saying a lot recently not on the podcast but on social media about why is it that when characters are redone within Square Enix properties, mm. they all have nose jobs? Yeah, I don't know. It's really strange. I just, yeah, like it really, it really makes me a bit upset as as a statement nose person myself. Having characters who have also have statement noses is important to me, and. You know, like my girl Renoa, she had, she had a statement nose. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't huge. It wasn't small, but it was like normal size. And yet now in Decidia NT, she has a teeny tiny Kim Kardashian nose job nose. And of course, the most recent example that has antagonized you to no end is Kaine. Mm. Yeah, Kaine's face looks messed up. I'm sorry. Like, I mean, I love Mir. <laughs> Kaine's face look messed up. Yes, it does. That's like, the official Lauren verdict. Well, well, that, seriously, though, they made her look like she belongs in freaking, what's it called? Um, that that puppet thing that I've never watched that everybody loves. Dark Crystal? Crystal? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The one that Final Fantasy IX was kind of... Based yeah, on, right? yeah. Like the one with all the Zidane, the Zidane puppets, essentially. Yeah. And yeah. they just had a redo on Netflix. Possibly, yeah. That's what they made her look like. And I'm just like, my girl, my love. Like, she's... They destroyed her face. It makes me sad. There are many things that seem to make you, you sad You take these away days. Papa Nier, but then you take away my Kaine face. And although, then just... although, having said that, there are rumors that Papa Nier may be being added back into the game. <laughs> Papa Roach. Not Cut Papa Roach. my life into pieces. <laughs> this is my last near. Yeah, so there are rumours that Papa Nier is going to be added into the Western version mm. of. I know Nier. there there's there's some um there's some a pixelated picture. Yes, with his with what looks like his face. It does look a lot like his face. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe they'll just change near replicant story and just make it like the time jump is actually him jumping to papa near yeah well i mean it could be <laughs> you never know by the way 
Here's this hideous. He aged man. a lot. <laughs> this hideous. It would just be really funny if for if they do introduce Poppinier, they don't update the graphics. Yeah. It's just because <laughs> Poppinier's like in all the concept art, he looks pretty handsome, but his in-game face. Oh man, it looks like leather. It, it like it looks it like he's really... been like yeah, he's not. Oh, like I hate. It's hard. It's it's really mean to be so judgmental, but they just did it. Like they the, did the, it. like the wrinkles on his face, the hair, like it just was the not. They did not give him like, a lot of TLC. It's like the random mode on The Sims. It's like when you just decide, all right, I'm just gonna throw everything onto maximum and see what happens and then the hair as well like let's just make it stick out on the sides and as with a a massive part down the middle i i don't know yeah yeah no but yeah i i i still i still would love to see him and um but yeah hopefully i i'm excited for near i just got i just got charged for near <laughs> Why does Square Enix do this? You order a game like I ordered it back in October for pre-order, apparently, and I just got notified like last week to say, by the way, you ordered the collector's edition of Nier. Hope you have enough money in your bank account for that. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Square Enix. I love the fact that you'd forgot you even purchased it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, that shame on me. But, like, I wish that they would decide whether or not to just charge you when you... Because I don't mind if they charged me when I pre-order it. Like, what is or the harm in when that? You, when they ship it. Yeah, but, like... But not, like, four weeks or three weeks before... Yeah, 22 days. It was 22 days before... Oh, you counted. The, that's what they said in our Twitch... I think Adam said in our Twitch chat. And it's just, like... Like what? What is that? What is that all about? But maybe it's because they're too worried that they'll spend that money that we pre-ordered it with. Who knows? Um, anyway, yeah. So that's been a, an, an interesting introduction that has not related to Final Fantasy whatsoever. But it's we okay, do Darryl's. have plenty of discussions coming. It's going to be a questions episode. So we do have some questions related to the Final Fantasy VII remake. And we have lots of more generalist questions about the franchise, our thoughts and feelings, and it should be a good one. Mm, but before we get onto those questions, we are going to do our shout outs for our Patreon supporters. And Whee! we're going to kick things off with Lewis James at LJ Composer. Zach Duranto. Rachel Casterton at Drunken Vieira. Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Alex and Rachel Trowman at Akira Namjin. Miles Ribbons. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Thurin Bullen at Massacre23. Tom Hughes at Tom underscore Hughes22. Yam Potato. Noah Latrell. Ryzen. Sam Ennis. Chris Willis. Fayez Balal. Joshua Johnson at The Cancer Bus. Freya Stella. Lauren Luscombe. Tim Michael Verne at Phoenix02SA. Marco Lilu. Timmy Turner's babysitter. And Darren Matthews at Doomster73. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much, everyone. And thank you so much again to so many of you who've come on this Twitch stream and, and chatted with us. It's been so nice to see you all. And um, anybody else who's listening who's not on the Patreon list who comes on our Twitch chat, thank you. It's It's been really fun. We're we're getting there with Final Fantasy V. Um, at the moment, we 
are conquering the towers. Yeah, we've just taken, we just got the second the tablet. The second tablet. Uh, thankfully, I haven't messed up the the weapons again, the legendary, the sealed weapons, um, <laughs> as I did the first time, and I kept running into X Death Soul. That was fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's been, it's been okay. It's just so weird, like the sort of change in feel between the parts of the game the parts of final fantasy 5 like the fact that the beginning of the game is so sassy and fun and you just sort of think like oh i'm having a great time and then all of a sudden it's just like no you freaking stink at this game and we're going to let you know how much you're horrible at this game and then we're gonna just make you get a load of trash and game overs and everybody's dead and life sucks I mean, the thing that's been interesting to me about Final Fantasy V is the pacing, mm. because it feels like it's been so long since, or there's really, really long periods of time now between story segments. Yeah. Like the first, I don't know, five to 10 streams, we were constantly doing kind of voice acting and hamming up the different characters, and there was always something going on. But now it feels like we might have like one line of dialogue per stream. Yeah. And I can't even remember the characters' voices because it's been so long since I've done some of them. <laughs> yeah, it's like, true. I, like, Sid and Mid haven't appeared for a, a long time. And, like, I might have... Bart's is the main character. I might have, like, one line of dialogue. And that's in two hours of gameplay. Yeah. And it might... Yeah, so I feel like the last three or four streams, it's been like that. There's, like, one or two lines of dialogue. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, six to eight hours of, like, just kind of dungeons grinding not really too much happening mm. yeah and th- but but before that it was all like story all the time we let's didn't do, do this, much grinding at there. all yeah it's like such a different feel to like final fantasy 4 where we felt like we were doing stuff like all the time like it makes you wonder why they sort of decided to make it that way I mean, granted, like we are grinding a bit in our streams and stuff, but it just feels like you need to grind in order to actually get what you need to get. So we're definitely in like the end game stuff at the moment, which is why it's happening, because we're doing all the fetch quests relating to like the final chapter before we confront everything. Yeah. But it just seems like this segment of the game is so long in comparison to any of the previous four games. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> where that a similar thing has happened but it does bring us on to one of the questions which was from hugathy chris uh who obviously writes out uh, helps out on the channel um on the discord server and helps us write on the youtube channel and um he wanted to know what has been your favorite game so far on the twitch playthrough and have our opinions of any of these games changed dramatically uh when playing this time around um i mean so in terms of the first bit, like what's what's been our favorite game to play on stream? Like so far, I don't really know because like I've, I guess it's kind of highlighted some of the sour parts of the final fan of the early Final Fantasy games for me, like the stuff that I don't necessarily enjoy. Because I guess like when you're on the stream, you're just kind of thinking like, oh, I I need something exciting to sort of like get me like excited and and bite into it and stuff and i'm just kind of like all right we're grinding again let's just grind like when i'm alone it's like a completely different story i can just put on gilmore girls or something and just watch a show while i lazily grind my way to victory 
But like when you're on a stream, you can't necessarily just pop on a show of Modern Family or put on music that you really like to get you through. You have to like be focused and you're there. And so I guess that's the thing. Like I'm just kind of, um, I don't know. It's hard. I'm I'm really excited to play the later games because I feel like they will be more fun for me. But like the earlier, the one through five, I mean, if I had to select one that I enjoyed the most out of all of them, I enjoyed the first half of Final Fantasy V and like Final Fantasy IV-ish. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it like i really enjoyed like when we were playing final fantasy 5 to start with like i was just like oh this is so much fun again like i'm i'm really enjoying this stuff and then it just kind of like since then it's just dropped and i'm just like oh final fantasy 5. i think one of the things that's really highlighted to me because final fantasy 3 and 5 are the ones i am least familiar with by yeah. far and those games you need to really know what you're doing like it doesn't hold your hand in terms of telling you what you need to do, which job you what which jobs you should yeah. select. You know, there's a lot of trial and error and research, and obviously back in the day, people would have talked about it and discussed everything. But because we're playing on stream, I feel like I know that the expectation isn't there, but I feel the expectation that we should know what we're doing. Yeah, we should have everything planned out. We should know all of the the kind of ways to cheese bosses and get through all these different things, but we don't really. I don't even remember what we what we played like a two weeks ago. Exactly, I don't even remember the boss. Like, I think the thing for me is that I I have crystal clear memory of like Final Fantasy seven through ten. Mm. But even if I like, well, I say think I do, and I played those at a time when I was able to focus on them intensely. But the other games didn't become available to me at that time, so yeah. I played those much later when I was like in university and stuff. Um, and I don't have as clear a memory of those games as I do the the first wave I played. So yeah, like going back, I don't really remember which jobs I should be using at which point. Like, and it's just things like when you're doing the Garuda fight in Final Fantasy III, for example. If you just select everyone as a dragoon, then you can win that fight in one turn. Mm -hmm. And Final, it feels like Final Fantasy III and V have so many boss fights like that where you have to know the intricate mechanics of the job systems as well as ways to manipulate um, everything in your favor. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to have a much harder time. And I feel as though the other games that don't have the job systems don't have those kind of... I mean, there are still some, like Unalesca has certain things you need to pay attention to. But there aren't as many bosses where it's reliant on you knowing the ideal setup yeah because the setup is kind of predetermined for you based on what you have available to you that time there's a lot mm. less choice and a lot less variety and i kind of like that linearity in some regards like i i don't want to have to think too much um with the way with the way i am now yeah and that's how i felt when i played tactics as well like i didn't really I, tactics didn't come out mm -hmm. and um you know, the first time I got to play it was on the PSP. And at that point in my life, like I didn't have like the amount of time needed to 
figure out all of the different job levels I have to have to unlock this job and that job and grind to get the jobs up to the right level and figure out when you have to save so you don't get locked into a thing that you can't progress through. So then you have to start the entire game over again. Like there are so many things you have to be aware of to be able to play these games properly without wasting your time massively. Yeah. And like that to me is a bit of a frustration because like yeah sure you could say it's well, as long as you're having fun you're not wasting your time but it's like that whole thing back in the day where you haven't saved for like three hours you encounter a boss you die and you have to go all the way back and it's just like uh, i yeah. really wish i didn't have to do that it's so frustrating i think it i think it heightens i think being on a stream though heightens the heightens the annoyance of it because like you just sort of think like well i have to make this stream engaging for the audience because i don't want them to feel like well one i don't want to embarrass myself and two i don't want them to feel like they're they're bored not that they ever like would say that they feel bored or whatever but like you know i just that's just what i'm like have in the back of my brain so like i i was actually having a conversation with somebody um recently about like their experiences playing games with their dad and like they used to play Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy together. And they got to this one puzzle and the puzzle, they didn't have guides at that time because it was before the craziness of the internet and game FAQs and stuff. Took them three weeks to figure out like one of the puzzles, like three weeks of solidly working on it to try and figure out what this puzzle was. And you just sort of think like, you know, if I it took us like three weeks to get through a boss, our viewership would just be like, oh, for sake guys just get on with it yeah. but then like, i guess get that, on with that it. brings it back to like what it would have been like in the olden days with the yeah. community right because you would have been stuck on something you would have gone to talk to your friends and yeah. said like oh how do you beat this boss guys i just can't figure it out and i feel like that's kind of what's missing with gaming these days mm-hmm. to some degree because like if you just go through the game following a guide you're not really going to remember the game because you haven't had to solve it yourself and like Parts of Final Fantasy 3 that I will remember are the things where I messed up. Yeah. The things where, like, Medusa, I probably will never forget that. Because yeah. I just I, I managed to just squeak through. I didn't save afterwards. I had to try and beat it again. I couldn't do it. I had to grind for a little bit. And, like, and the Garuda boss, I'll remember that because you can cheat it with the Dragoons. Mm. Because I couldn't do it. I, yeah. I couldn't do it. But it's also, like, the beauty of, like, getting it wrong. Like, there's times where, like, yeah, like, you don't remember something. Like, it took me, it, like, I, granted, I wasn't looking through this entire time, but, like, it took me three months to find the White Seed ship in Final Fantasy VIII. I didn't have a guide, but, like, I just, it took me three months to find that stupid-ass ship. And... I explored because of that I explored the rest of the map and like I did things that I shouldn't have done. I went into like the Bahama um the Bahama Dundee sort of research uh, center. Uh no no no, that's Omega, isn't it? Um Bahama uh castle. You remember the castle like you have the uh time limit? Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Like I did that and I got isn't, really that's Odin though, right? Is it Odin? Okay, it might be Odin. Either way, I I got really freaked out. I got really scared because one, I wasn't I wasn't expecting it, and two, I was just like, 
why is there a timer? So I like ran through it and I made so many wrong choices. And then I was just like, all right, well, I can't do this now. So I just left and didn't do and didn't finish it or anything. But like, it's those kind of things that that will stick with me forever. Because like Final Fantasy VIII has so many freaky, freaky things if you're not expecting it. Um, But like, yeah, if I did that on the stream, it would just be weird, you know, like nowadays, because people would just be like, you should go this way, you should go that way. And it's just like, thank you. And I really do appreciate like, I really do appreciate the help on the stream. But it is like, it does make it such a different experience to when you're by yourself in your room wrapped in a duvet and <laughs> trying to figure out where you're supposed to go. But yeah, like, I mean, to get to, um, to get to the thing about like change dramatically this time around, I mean, I guess I probably back in the day, I think I was a bit more lenient towards games because generally I thought I was what was wrong with the game, not necessarily that the game was wrong for me. Um, but like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the older games. Like if I'm honest, like one through five are not really my cup of tea and that's okay and if you're a final fantasy fan who feels that way that's okay it's okay to not find those very fun because it's not maybe what you got into the series for and that's okay i mean the thing that's interesting is that i'd say like because i didn't play two for example i i actually found that experience a little bit frustrating mm. because i i understand the gameplay like even though yeah. a lot of people don't like the gameplay mechanics and the leveling up system like i i quite enjoy it in a weird sadistic way i don't know like <laughs> the, the it made the grinding more interesting because you actually had to think about it mm. it wasn't just a case of just hitting the x all the time and like you had to like think about what you wanted to level up, how you wanted to level it up. And yeah, sure. Like the scale of it is ridiculous and how many times you have to cast a spell to get it to the maximum level. Yeah. But I feel as though like the mechanics in that, in those earlier games, like especially two, I had fun exploiting them in, mm-hmm. in some regards, like the, the, the way like, um, uh, the, the spells work and the fact you can use item or the weapons to cast spells and, and do all these different like fun things. I, I kind of enjoyed that, but and I think Final Fantasy one and three, like the dungeons were quite stressful as mm-hmm. well. But again, I didn't really mind that so yeah. much. But yeah, like four, I think was was obviously the one where they tried to take the story a bit more seriously. And mm-hmm. you know, it, it's obviously easy going to look at it back now, and you know, we we just poke get all poke, the holes, yeah, poking fun at it, all the different things, and and. And I, yeah. I kind of did enjoy that aspect of it. And, it. and it's kind of like going back and watching old sci-fi movies and yeah. stuff and looking at like how bad the graphics were in, in certain Star Wars movies and all the all of these different things where you go back. And it's not to say that they're terrible. It's, it's just, just that, that you've like, grown more. Yeah. So you've known how things, things have moved on. Yeah, like, things have moved story, on. Storytelling in video games in like the, the 80s and 90s was not the best. No, no. And like, I mean, from the sort of female perspective, like it, it, it was really frustrating to sort of go back and see how much like Rosa was just like pathetic. And yeah, like Rosa, how- and, Rosa and Rydia constantly told 
you can't come with us because yeah. you're women. And it's like, why? Why? Which why? obviously is what they're saying. Yeah. It's like, why? Why is this? Why Cecil is this? Cecil is very misogynistic. But I also did, the one thing I did appreciate was doing the voice acting. The voice acting was just fun because you can create whatever kind of character you want. And exactly. An ex-death like has turned into the sniveling... Really, I- <laughs> I do love doing Xset. That's that, but I will. I'm I'm excited for like uh, six through um, nine as well. But like uh, doing Valley Girl, Rydia, and then um, Buff, uh Edge. Edge for you. What, mate? Yeah, it was just so good, um, and it just made it fun. But but yeah, like I I'd still say that like. Of all of them overall, like I'd say four is probably my favorite experience. Um, yeah, five five has been kind of hit and miss for me. Yeah, because the story was quite fun, and obviously yeah. they did try and do different things with how it progressed. But the job system, it's quite overbearing, mm. and yeah, like the pacing has kind of fallen away a little bit. But at least the one thing it doesn't do is what what it did um, in. Was it in Final Fantasy three when it like penalized you for changing jobs? Yeah, that such like a frustrating that, thing. That, I'm so glad they learned that that yeah, was a ter- like, terrible system. This was a lot better than that, but yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so moving next on. Next one is um, from. Uh, what do you want to do? Do you want well, we to do some Final, Final Fantasy seven remake okay, questions? So I'll we'll do, that one we'll do those ones. All right. So this one is from Penguin Alex who uh, asks, how hyped are you both for Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate and how much do you think you'll enjoy playing as Yuffie? (gasps) I'm actually pretty excited about it. I I mean, like, there's loads of games that have received the kind of free PlayStation 5 upgrade, but I've been really impressed with how much effort they're putting into Integrate in terms Mm. of the visuals and and trying to improve things. And it's not just a case where they've, like, made the resolution a bit better and they've increased the frame rate they've changed quite a lot of the visuals throughout the whole game they've really done it like what they can to try and improve the lighting and and it's true like it, it does feel as though they have used integrate as a way of experimenting with what they're going to do with the next part yeah which obviously can only serve it well yeah, I mean, like... It's, it, like, it's just a way of them stalling for time, essentially. Yeah, but, but I'm okay with that. Like, I mean, we're we're getting sort of something that we want. Like, I mean, people have been curious about how they were going to implement uh, Yuffie into the game in general. So, like, to have this opportunity to explore her. But then also people have been going crazy about the photo mode as well. Um curious about taking new photos and stuff um i mean for me like i've always i've always sort of said it but like graphics don't really matter to me as much like if it's really pretty game like fantastic but it doesn't make the experience for me so i can i can take or leave i'm not a photographer i suck at taking pictures in games so the photo mode doesn't really yeah i appeal will to me. never use that but like i'm happy for, for people, the people who do, do like that, that yeah but i am excited to play as yuffie i'm excited to see what they do with her character i think the voice acting sounds like spot on i think the person who they chose for yofi is just really really good um and it just seems really silly um i don't i mean i'm kind of keeping 
I'm reserved about how I feel about the episode you feel at the moment. Mm. I I don't want to say I'm worried about the story integration, but I'm very curious about the story integration and how that's going to work mm. and what they're going to do with Sonon long term. Like if, just like logistically. Yeah, because it does obviously open up some questions. They from I mean we discussed it in the last episode that it's kind of clear that they didn't plan to do this yeah and so yeah i don't know if we're ever going to get the answer as to whether or not this this content segment was supposed to be in part two and they've decided to move it forward or if it was just never planned to exist in the first place yeah so like yeah i mean it's not necessarily a bad thing it's just whether or not they can integrate it in a way that makes sense (laughs) and they don't necessarily have a great track record of doing that yeah yeah no it's true but yeah i mean i'm yeah, I'm just I'm just excited to play as as Yuffie, really. Like I just, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm uh, I'm reserved at the moment. I'm not just hyped out of hype for hype's sake. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, when it does come out, I don't know whether I'll play the game again just to see how it looks and feels with the improved graphics and everything mm. and the better frame rate. Um, I also don't know whether we're gonna play episode Yuffie. The first thing you're going to do is check the door. Has the door, yeah, has the been, door been fixed? fixed? I mean, I, we've never played any other piece of DLC for Final Fantasy, so I don't know mm. if, this is, if this is going to be the first one. <laughs> Shocking. Um, and then we have the next question from Lalu, who asks, which bosses are you most looking forward to seeing in the remaining installments of the remake? And will they even feature at all? Um... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it will be interesting to see the the additional like Genova fights, how they like sort of expand upon them. Um, the um, well, yeah, because like they've already had Genova feature in a pretty big way, and exactly it, it wasn't e- that fight wasn't even in the original game. Yeah, and now they've got like four more. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about uh oh, what's his name, Heimer, um the uh. <laughs> Palmer, Palmer, yeah, the Palmer fight in uh in Rocket Town, <laughs> just because he's so crazy, and I just wonder how they're gonna do that fight, like just have him yeah. us running, chasing after him the whole time. Um, but there's that, and then um, I mean, I don't know really. I there's a couple that I'm very curious about. The the first one is the um, kind of Gi Natak mm. in um, Cosmo Canyon. And I'm curious about that one because I just cannot for the life of me seeing them implement the instant death mechanic that they mm. had in the original. I feel as though in today's gaming landscape, they will just feel that's too cheap mm. because everyone knows about it as well. Yeah. Well, not everyone, but there will be a lot of people that are playing for the first time that don't know, but... It feels as though the a decent chunk of people that are playing the game will know if you cast a phoenix down on this guy, he's going down instantly. Yeah. And I'm curious to see whether or not they do choose to keep that mechanic in. Yeah. Because I I mean, I don't think the ghoul could be killed in one hit by doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I'm curious to see. And another one, I mean, I'm, I have no idea what they're going to do with weapon. Mm-hmm. Obviously, ultimate weapon is fought throughout the story as his diamond weapon. And then you've got Emerald and Ruby who appear as the the super bosses. 
Ultimate and Diamond obviously have to be present because yeah. of their original thing. But the thing I'm really curious about is the scale. Mm. Oh, how big are they going to make these things? Yeah. And obviously, the fight against Ultimate Weapon takes place on the airship. Mm-hmm. So how are they going to do that? That's another one that I'm really curious about because I think scale-wise, Ultimate Weapon is bigger than the High Wind. <laughs> yeah. So, so how are they going to work it out? Yeah, like there's a lot of different things that I'm very, very curious about with the weapons, uh, whether or not they do even have super bosses because obviously the first part didn't really have it in in the kind of typical regard. Mm-hmm. You had the Shinra Combat Simulator where um there was the kind of super boss part of that but i'm and obviously vice is going to be in introduced with episode yuffie as a kind of super boss but i'm yeah i'm curious about that and i feel like there was one more uh hojo oh yeah that's going to be interesting actually and any of the um experiments ones like how messed up they're going to make them look well i feel as though like though i feel as though they, those will be integrated but not in the same way because i mm-hmm. don't i mean it depends how they do exploration doesn't it because final fantasy 7 had like it was a very expansive world map for the for the times mm-hmm. and a lot of those unknown sample monsters appeared in the sunken galnica and so but there was very much like an off the beaten path you could go there optionally mm-hmm. i don't know whether or not they're going to have that kind of optional thing yeah anymore but then also like are they going to do the um oh the sort of uh what was it real-time strategy that oh, like, fort condor fort condor like are they even gonna have that and how are they gonna make that look because that looked so different to like the rest of the game yeah i mean chocobo racing is another thing yeah all of the gold source of mini games basically we have a lot of questions a lot of questions no answers but questions okay next question right, for next us question. is from Adwood. adwood 92 which is adam who asks oh yeah adam uh what is your favorite summon to only have appeared in one mainline game and why and why i actually had to think about this quite a lot and I ended up going with Anima. And the reason why is because... I think it's a good one. Well, Although it's closely not going to be that case it's anymore. It's very true, yeah. It's going to be in 14. Um, the reason why Anima, though, is because even though summons are like this huge, pronounced, prominent things, within the games I'm most familiar with, I've never used them, ever. They just seem like a waste of space and time to me. And I know they that in like you. yeah, and They're I, I know in seven obviously you. like you can use summons quite a lot to manipulate some of the more difficult bosses, but ten was the only game where I felt I needed summons to progress because of Yuna. You could you could cheese a lot of the bosses down without grinding too much by getting them all with limit breaks and just going and spamming them. Um, and obviously, Anima was one of the ones that did the most damage, mm-hmm. and I feel as though it was way more unique than any of the other summons in final fantasy 10 as well obviously the maker sisters were pretty cool and yojimba was pretty cool but all of them were really cool i feel like anima was just so different from any of the other summons i experienced or seen at that time mm-hmm. and yeah just because of just because of how it was i i've always got a soft spot for the summons in Intent. I did also use summons in a i will actually confess because of the boost mechanic yeah and 
Eden was the only one where you could ever do it. But I did have a, um, I did have a turbo fire, like unofficial controller where you could uh, have it just so you held on the button and it would do it, which made boosting much, much easier so I could get the, the maximum. You little cheeky monkey. I know. Monkey. That's just, you got to do what you got to do. Yes, you do. What about you, Lauren? Um, so I actually did go with eight because like actually when I think about it, yeah, eight and ten are probably the ones that I used. I used the gar- uh, the <laughs> Guardian Forces, the summons the most um, out of any of the other games. Um, but... So if I had to choose one that wasn't in any other title, I'd have to say Brothers, just because they're so ridiculous and silly. Like the fact that it's like there's one really meany one and then there's one really big one. And um, they would change uh, depending on who would win the rock, paper, scissors uh, match in the beginning of it. But like overall, I just think the summons in eight all really do feel very unique to the game i mean you also have like diablo who's just so cool and the fact that you like can you give like what the hell like sid gives you this freaking magic genie lap at the beginning of the game and it's just like here um take it it's cool man you know you don't want to touch it but you can just have it and then you do it when you're at the beginning of the game and all of a sudden it's this freaking demon and battle that you can't escape and you're just like for frick's sake i I, did that how many people did that battle wipe out without saving for a while oh my god oh yeah yeah, i wonder what this is i that's the thing you have no clue you had no like when i was playing final fantasy 8 there was no way of knowing that that was what was going to happen. So I did it. I got my ass handed to me. I um cried. No, I I was I wasn't very happy about it. But yeah, no, like eight eight really did summons well, and I feel like it's also because they kind of integrated it with the dungeons um in a unique way because like. Brothers, you had the Tomb of the Lost King, so you had to like go through all of that in order to find it, and you had to do this whole little puzzle in order to get unlock them. You also had to do Odin, I'm guessing with the um the tower, and then you also had to do um Poo Poo. Poo Poo, you had to go and find him. Like Poo Poo was awesome. The fact that you had to go find him and you, you saw him with the little spaceship having a um a cow and Oh man, there's so Ifrit many good as well, ones. Right at the beginning, Ifrit, yeah, Ifrit, you go into the fire cavern. Like eight, just did did summons really well, and um, it was all implemented really well. So, uh, but I do love, I do love tens summons as well. Like I think like the designs were really cool. Like Anima, I would, I would say is probably like a close second, but um. I just love the sass. I think, yeah, I think the reason why also like the summons, I just never really use them is because they were the animations take so long. Like, yeah, it's true. And in nine, they penalized you for using shorter animations. It's like yeah. you want to do a shorter animation, well, you do less damage now. Yeah, I know. It's just like leave me alone. I don't want to watch your animation every single time I have to use your summon. Thank you. It's like you don't do that much damage. Thanks. And also, if I want to get Excalibur two, this is ruining my day. Yeah. Um, but. But yeah, no, I mean, 
also, I think like in a way, the way in which, and this might be like a, a small, weird sort of thing for me, the way in which the sound effects and the summons worked in Final Fantasy VIII always worked with the boss music like really well yeah like there's you like always that kind of charge was, up noise oh you always felt like, like the and it just always went with the music and you just always felt like you were a freaking badass summoning these things like i always felt really good summoning things in final fantasy 8 unlike any of the other games like it just was so I, fluid i do feel as a boost really helped as well because yeah. like final fantasy 8 i don't i don't know why they haven't done it in any of the other games yeah. but i really like the fact that the a lot of the combat was was interactive like yeah. you had zell's uh button combinations you, you had, had irvine's gun you had squall's, squall's gun blade gun yeah like they they introduced different elements to make it so that it wasn't just you pressing x you had to yeah. think about like timing for certain things like squall's limit break as well like yeah and i i do feel as though that that did make it uh a bit more memorable with the combat mm. yeah no i definitely agree Okay, so next question is from Gregory, and they want to know what one moment in the series has been the most emotionally and psychologically impacting? Um, hmm. I mean, there's been a lot of rage over the years. I'd say I'd had a lot of emotion. <laughs> I had a lot of emotion <laughs> through certain I just, things. Like, I, I'm just cracking up about the fact that, like, I was thinking that Lauren was going to go, like, you know, emotional in terms of sad, what made you cry. And she's like, <laughs> no, straight for what pissed me off. <laughs> it's an emotion. I mean, like, uh, but also, like, sad. Like, I mean, well, sad is. No, no, yeah. no, please okay, go. Okay, okay, what okay, what okay. made you angry? Finding that stupid white seed shit. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Emotionally but scarred. I couldn't find it. Like, there was no clues. There is nothing. I even kind of forgot what I was doing at one point because I was in such a state of delirium. And then all of a sudden, one day, I just was lucky enough to find this stupid ship. Um, and... Like, there's been some bosses that have frustrated me. Like, um, I mean, the first time I ever tried to do Unaleska, that was horrible, horrible experience. Um, but in terms of, like, like emotional, I mean, you can't do much better than freaking Final Fantasy X ending. Like, that just broke me. Like, I can't think of another moment in Final Fantasy where I literally was broken at the end of the game. I couldn't speak. Yeah. It was like something that they're just afraid to do now because yeah. it was a happy ending, but it was a bittersweet happy ending. Yeah. And I feel as though they just did that so perfectly. And I, that was the first thing that came to mind for me as well because mm. it... I. I don't, I genuinely don't understand how people who have finished 10 can say they don't like Titus. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, but also just the fact that they kind of set you up because first they have like Oren, who's ar arguably yeah. one of the most beloved characters in that game. Like they kill him off first and he has his music playing and you're just like oh my god and then jack is like <gasps> jack's had his redemption and then yeah. he's gone and and then 
And then you see the summons go, and you're just kind of like, oh my gosh, all those things. But and I think also, so like, good. because of the way they did it, I don't know how many people actually expected them to follow through. Mm. Because obviously, like, you know that the story arc is that if Titus does this, then he's going to fade away. Mm. But I think, like, up to that point, we'd always been conditioned to there's going to be a happy ending. There's yeah. going to be a happy yeah. ending. Every single game has a happy ending. Exactly. They'll find a way. He's not going to disappear. Exactly. Like Cloud in Final Fantasy VII, it's like he survived. Squall, you legitimately think he's like lost in some desert somewhere. Like Zidane, he you think he's dead. Zidane, you think he's dead. But ta-da, I'm alive. Look at me. Like in six as well, like everyone manages to make it out of Kefka's tower. Yeah, and including Terra as well. Like they're just like, oh my god, what's going to happen to you when all the espers die or whatever and she's just like by the way it's because i'm only half only half of me is bad um but like yeah with titus it was just kind of like no actually legitimately he's fading away but just kidding the sequel but in the game (laughs) (laughs) but in the game itself they were brave about it until they weren't until they weren't (laughs) <laughs> until they were just like well no yuna yuna's feeling a bit thirsty and she wants her baby back so we're gonna give her no, her no, baby the back. fan base are feeling a bit <laughs> the thirsty fan base is feeling a bit thirsty damn you fan base and your thirst see they don't want to admit how much they thirst for titus to the point where they beckoned for square enix like they wouldn't have made that decision had the thirst not been existent you guys you guys criticize the poor man's overalls and his laugh, but you know deep down, you are one of the people who came out and were just like, we want Titus back. Why are you going to bring Titus back? And then you were responsible for the sequel. And Gosh, it was a rage. It. It's another rage moment. Oh, See? Yes. No. The perfect ending <laughs> of Ten Two is one of Lauren's most rage-filled emotional sequences. It's not rage. It's just disappointing. It's just, it's just, it just tarnishes. I just look at that ending and I'm just disappointed. Yes, very, very disappointed. Uh, yeah, no, the sad ending of Final Fantasy Ten Two is the perfect ending. Um, but yes. Uh, In so- terms of other emotional moments, definitely the scene just before Unaleska, where yeah. you have the uh, the kind of outburst from Lulu Waka, yeah. and like Yuna's scene where like. Even though she's this very like soft spoken person, and mm. her, even during that scene, her voice does not really change. Mm. You can tell that she is like, I am gonna some stuff up right yeah. now. Like, <laughs> you do not like, yeah. I, I can't even express how, like, because yeah, like, she t- is, is still kind of speaking in the same soft spoken tone. Yeah. But she's like, my father. Yeah. But it's like you can tell that it just means so much to her. And yeah. like um is Carrie Carrie Walgren or is it Heidi Heidi Burris? Heidi Burris, yeah. Heidi. She did such a great job because she didn't really have much to work with. Yeah. With with Yuna. But like that scene was so so great for her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like Lulu with uh with, like it's so out of character because yeah. the entire game she's like completely liberal and Waka's like the the racist, like religious zealot. <laughs> and she's like but the teachings for years we've sacrificed everything and it's like where did that come from yeah but there was like a lot of there's a lot of shock moments like in final fantasy 10 as well like at this is becoming a final fantasy gap but like 
I feel like I was really unsettled by the storyline with Lulu and the first summoner that yeah. she guarded and the fact that she died. Is it Lady Yoken? Yeah, the fact that she died in the um, Calmlands Gorge. Like, I just... Yo, Jimbo. For whatever reason, like, that always made me feel really uncomfortable. Well, it's and this, then... It was like this, the... Yuna was her third pilgrimage, and yeah. like she'd never succeeded with either. Like, yeah, because um, yeah. Father Zook wasn't it? Yeah, I think, he who... gave up. He gave up, and like then maybe it was... because of that, because he gave mm. up at the Calmlands, didn't he? And yeah. maybe like he knew what had happened, and Lulu maybe, maybe just wasn't confident that he'd be able to make it through with her. Maybe, and then there was also, uh, oh, Lady, Lady, uh, Belgamine, Belgamine, yeah, yeah, Belgamine. The fact that she is actually dead the whole time, and you're just like, oh, what, what? Wait, hold on. She's dead? But then um, I would also say, like, getting off of Final Fantasy X. Because otherwise we'll just Because we do love Final Fantasy we'll X. We'll talk about Final Fantasy X for ages. If we, could, if we could also just, like, say, like, emotionally, um, emotionally charged scene. Um, so not necessarily sad, but something that made me always feel really uncomfortable well, and even the to same this, one as me even to I've this, got one too even to this day i can't really play this scene because i have a really so one thing you need to know about me i have a really big uncomfortable feel about possession i'm not good with possession oh, you're gonna go for the eight. i can't watch i can't watch exorcism films like i just it just freaks me out the fact that somebody can have a soul enter themselves and not be in control of their body for whatever reason, this just freaks me out. The scene on the um, on the lunar base with Renoa. Oh, I thought you were going to say um, the train. Well, there's that as well. That freaks me out. But no, the scene with Renoa, somehow the way in which they animate her walking through the lunar base makes me feel really horrible. That, that scene should be impactful for me, but... They ruined it by what happens to Squall when you try and touch her. The fact that he just like falls. Yeah, away. he just like, flies into the wall, and that you can just keep you can just keep doing it over and over again. And he's just like fly into the wall, fly into the wall, fly into the wall. It just that the fact you could do that just took me out of it yeah. completely. There was just the one who kept doing it, and I'm like the one crying in the corner. Go away, Renoa. Go away. But it was just, it was just really creepy. Like I just really didn't like the way in which they used to animate or find ways to make things creepy with Final Fantasy. It just was really unsettling, and I'm still unsettled by it. I mean, like, what happened just after that with the whole segment in, in with school, like, realizing his emotions and mm. diving out into space and then the the eyes on me sequence. Like, that mm. was the first time I'd ever cried in a no. video game. Okay, and yo. that that scene and then the ending of 10 are the only two times that I have cried mm. at a video game, I think. I Some other moments have kind of got me a little bit, like, emotional. Like but but those two are just the they're definitely yeah. and it is really as well down to the music they chose because Eyes on Me is so great and Suteke Dane is so great as well. It, they just play like the the perfect music at the perfect time. Yeah. Another scene that really got me emotionally charged in the opposite way and it, that's never really happened to me before until this point. Mm-hmm. 
is the scene that takes place in Final Fantasy 15 mm. when um, Ignis is blind and mm. Gladio is like, we need to leave him behind. Yeah. And Ignis... I, I, Final Fantasy 15 to me was a lot of wasted potential with the story. I didn't really care too much about the protagonist. I thought Noctis was not that great. And it, it does probably annoy me more than it should that people think he's such a great protagonist because I don't think he was. Mm-hmm. Ignis was was very good in that game though and that scene like it was one of the only moments where I, I cared about what was happening yeah. and I just really wanted to punch Gladiolus in the face yeah because he was so horrible yeah and like I can't I can't think of another sequence in Final Fantasy where something like that's happened where like the group have actually had some kind of discord mm-hmm. there's been a massive disagreement and like they've had to work through it like there's of course different arguments to take place but usually they're kind of comic relief to it like you know steiner and zidane are having their gabs all the time and you know there's stuff between uh zidane and amaranth and and like um even with eight you've obviously got the stuff with 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 cipher cipher and, and like there, there are like these different moments of, of arguments and, and discourse but like i feel like that was probably the most emotional in that regard in terms of like a negative sentiment yeah. with the party because it, it like they've never really explored that before and that was such a great moment for for ignis to really show why he is a strong character why he yeah. is the strongest character in that cast yeah and he is the thing that that holds it all together he is the only one who really had an arc exactly that was in the game anyway yeah, at least that was in the game, yeah. <laughs> but yeah like i mean i just yeah like i really that whole that whole sequence, like he was the one character that I just really, really felt so like freaking Prompto gets kidnapped and like thrown off a train, and yet I would still choose Ignis over Prompto. Yeah, like I didn't really care about that <laughs> happening to Prompto, to be honest, and I didn't really care about Gladio going on his self discovery adventure because yeah. well, they didn't show it. Yeah, apart from the DLC, but like it was just so random. Like, yeah. Oh, you're supposed to be the person who never leaves Noctis' side and is his bodyguard, but you're just going to disappear without telling anyone. Yep. To go and find Peace. yourself. Yep. All right. Okay. He's going to go do an Elsa adventure. He's yeah. going to go to Hot to Holland. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Did you see Gilgamesh going, ah? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then I think we've got time for one last question um, okay. before we wrap up. And that is from Simo, who asks, how have your opinions of the games changed over the years? Like, do you look back and uh, is like the ordering of the game still the same for you in terms of like your favorites or? Mm, uh, I mean, like maybe in some ways, like, um, I mean, well, <laughs> one through five are definitely not ever going to be in my top five games ever. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> not sorry about it um but like other than that i mean i don't know like i've i've i guess the remasters have kind of re allowed me time to sort of reevaluate but they've only just reaffirmed which games i connect with and which games i don't and so like i mean i got and this is what is is really frustrating about people doing these 
stupid Final Fantasy ranking lists and being really controversial about it. It's just like, it is all completely relative. Like, certain games will you'll respond to certain games and feel happy about certain games than other people because the games are so different. They resonate with different people at different times. Like, you know, somebody who doesn't really understand or is far removed from being an angsty teenager will probably not like Final Fantasy VIII, probably not like Squall's arc at at all because... He's an angsty teenager, and that's what I was when I was growing up, and it was my first game. Like, Final Fantasy X, I don't know, maybe you don't have a soul, and you don't, <laughs> you know, like, okay. But, like, for Final Fantasy XII, like, I will never, I will never get the appeal of Final Fantasy XII. I will never get it. Like, I'm sorry, guys. If you really like twelve, you're not wrong. But I, I, it does, it's the one that resonates with me the least, and I still stand by that, even after Zodiac Age. It did not engage me. Hashtag sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> I'd say working on the YouTube channel has changed my opinion in some regards. Mm. It's, I mean, I, I've I've been kind of officially saying it recently that, that 10 is now kind of my favorite. I'd said, I would have said 7 for a long period of time. Mm. But doing more and more analysis of the story of 10, uh, it's just, it really was so well crafted in comparison Mm. to all of the other stories. And I think the thing that's a real shame for me in that regard is that, you know, 10 happened 20 years ago now. Mm. And there have been a lot of Final Fantasy games released since, and they have not been able to surpass it, despite having so much more knowledge and experience with story writing and being able to draw on so many more professionals that can help them. Yeah. They just haven't been able to do it. Like Final Fantasy 13's story should have been better, but like it's kind of a mess. Like there's so many things you have to research, and even when you do all that, it there it's it's all world building and lore and stuff like the actual core characters themselves if you follow like titus's journey like you know we did like a 40 50 minute videos on titus and yuna and outside of the the audio drama and novel um it's really compelling it's really compelling stuff and even like 10 2 with yuna like the last mission last mission sequences that was really, really gripping storytelling because yeah. they they came to the like the three of them, Yuna, Rico, and Payne, came to the realization that I think a lot of us have with these games that the parties are pulled together through circumstance, and mm-hmm. after it's over, they don't really have anything in common anymore. Yeah, and it's like the one that they actually kind of they dress it, they addressed it, like, like t- Yuna, Rico, and Payne. After it, they're like. We wanted to do this because we felt like we missed each other, but ultimately we've realized that we don't have anything in common with each other. And that's what I feel like Final Fantasy. If they did do a ten three, that has to explore a bit more. Like the and I think it's the, it's the it's a story arc that people don't want to hear because ultimately it's the same for Titus and Yuna. They don't have anything in common, really. Everybody wants to feel like people are just together forever, and it's just like, but. You know, there's sometimes where they're not so lucky and, you know, it is, I mean, when you think about like Titus and Yuna as a couple anyway, they don't fit. Like from my perspective, no, the only just... thing that fits together is the fact that she knows who his dad is and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. And they were just 
two 17 year olds who happen to be hanging out with each other mm-hmm. in close proximity to each other and both like, attracted to each other yeah it was just a, a kind of a very short-termism thing like they didn't really spend much time together and then he disappeared and then he's back briefly mm-hmm. and she's like okay well yeah you do your blitz ball and yeah. I really like Blitzball. I mean, so. she had she had ultimate FOMO just because she she didn't get to have that time to think about like to to spend with him to really address those feelings. But then, yeah, like once he was back, it's kind of like that thing where you're just like, oh, this isn't what I expected. He, he didn't like her spending time with all her religious stuff. Mm-hmm. She didn't like him spending all his time with Blitzball. Yeah, and they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, yeah. I, I feel so. Yeah, the story of the story of ten to me is the one that's especially after I've been analyzing more and looking at all the similarities and how well they crafted it. Like, you know, obviously uh, you, Lauren, uh, had spoken or, or thought about these similarities that existed between Una and Seymour and how well they had manufactured that. Mm. The fact that they are so similar, apart from one small detail. Yeah, and that small detail is what led them down these different paths yeah sure well we'll ignore the fact that they'd have different personalities but those personalities would have been amplified based on what happened to them yeah but then also the fact that we did the same thing with titus and seymour and they also have a lot of similarities even Mm -hmm. though they are such different people and you know i feel as though you could do the same thing for a lot of the characters in that game um there are so many different concepts and philosophies that they explored within it there's not really any holes you can poke with it. And the mm. amount of detail they went into, like we found out recently, you could go back after Jose Temple and look at the aftermath of the Crusader assault on Sin. Mm. So much detail placed on that that the other games just don't have. Yeah. Final Fantasy VII has great characters, but it's still very basic in terms of the character development. Mm. If you look back at when we were doing the videos for um, Aerith and Tifa, there's a lot that's left down to the interpretation of how they're they're doing things. You have to still kind of even eight as well. There's a lot you have to infer. You don't really know when we did the Cipher Origins video. You know there were people in the comments talking about how well I I didn't interpret it that way. Mm-hmm. Like you're kind of reaching here with some of the stuff, and it's like well you kind of have to because they don't really tell you that much. Like, there's just huge gaps of story that it just isn't there. Yeah. And, like, Titus and stuff, you you get to know about the childhood. You get to see how he gets... He, he relates to all these different things. And there there is a full character development for pretty much all of the characters. Like, you understand why Lulu's the way she is. You mm. understand why Wacker's the way he is. You understand why Orange's the way he is. You understand why... Re- like, you understand each of these different characters and the way they are, what they stand for. It's very, very clear. Yeah. Not what the game has really been able to do that. Yeah. In such a successful way. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at 13 and, like lightning kind of but like i don't really know too much about snow sars like vanille fang hope there's a lot that is left down to me to figure out for myself and think okay well they're behaving that way because of this but like hope pretty much all of his behavior is dictated about the fact his mom dies Mm -hmm. and that's it Mm -hmm. it's not like he doesn't really get on that well with his dad but it doesn't really factor too much into it yeah but they all have like these emotional, just like 
let's change our 180 personality. Like the first half of the game, Hope's a really angry, rage-fueled, angsty teenager because of Snow. And then all of a sudden he's like, actually, Snow's right. Okay, I'm just going to completely change my personality. I'm a really happy guy now. Exactly, exactly. And it's just so weird. It's so strange. But then also, like, I mean, they could have explored a lot more with like Final Fantasy 15. Like I get really fed up with like, I got really fed up with how how not three-dimensional the characters were. Like, uh, the only one of that cast that I felt had any growth whatsoever was was Ignis, and I still stand by that. And, like, I Ravis, mean... Ravis had it, but Ravis, it was... Ravis, yeah. Ravis was great. But, again, you have to reach so much for it. And I know. It's, it's, it was know. a real shame, because he had the potential to be a great villain. Mm-hmm. They just They just ruined him. Yeah. Yeah, and like I mean obviously the DLC exists so you have to take that into account but as a solid as a standalone experience it's like yeah I feel like they kind of dropped the ball like the prompto situation could have been much more the situation with like Noctis sort of accepting his fate and just sort of being he just didn't feel like he belonged. Like he didn't feel like he was sort of a part of the world. Like I just, I never, I never really believed that he could exist. And one that nobody in the world would recognize that he was the freaking prince of insomnia. Like how did nobody look at him and just say, ah, you know, you're, you, you look familiar. I, I've seen you before with your black hair and your hairstyle that doesn't look like anybody else's in this entire well, world. Some people do know when it's convenient for them to know, yeah. such as Dino. Yeah, of course Dino knows. Dino knows everything. But like like the way that he sticks out, like Noctis sticks out like a sore thumb amongst other people in the world. It's just like, how on earth? How? Um, but... But yeah, no, no. Ten, ten. I will always stick by, and it, it, it does devastate me a bit when people put him, put it really down low on their lists, just because they're validating the idea of not exploring it more. And I think that ten does need exploration. It is weird though, because like, I know I'm elongating this now. Um, yeah. It's something I wanted to talk about, though, because when we publish our videos exploring the content of 10, it people care about it a lot. Mm. When we've done it for other games, like especially 12, um, I mean, like Balthier is a very popular character theoretically, but it's probably one of the least popular Origins videos we've done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'd say that's my major opinion that like uh, that I've, I've gained a, a much deeper appreciation for 10 in mm. the last couple of years than I than I had before. Um, and I haven't, even though I've, I've been working and exploring all of the other games too, mm. nothing I've really found has has really changed my interpretation of the games. Like I, I've, we've done Origins videos for eight, and it hasn't really heightened my appreciation for the game. Like mm. same for seven, uh, six as well, four, thirteen, twelve, like. I, I feel as though I maybe nine. I feel like I felt a bit more, especially when we explored Kuja. Yeah, I, I, Kuja, I guess so I felt to a like degree. A bit... But again, like I guess, I guess what what I what I'm what I feel when I'm writing it is that for all of those games other than ten, 
I've had to inject a lot of myself into those scripts、mm. to try and make them a compelling story.、Mm. Definitely with Kuja because、yeah. he's in the game so so little, so infrequently, and so like you know. You can join the dots and infer that he was doing certain things because it's logical that that would have been happening.、Mm. But with ten, it's it's not like it was easier, but it's like there's so much material to work with、mm. that it's actually like you know you you cutting things out and like even with like I, I never wanted to make the origins videos like they did this they did that and they went here and they went there and all this stuff with ten I didn't have to do that and they still ended up being significant. Undertakings, yeah, for those videos. Like it was not hard, but like seven. You think Cloud's a huge character? He's in the compilation, but like you know, it's that video was not long. Yeah, like because it doesn't really do anything. Yeah, and like Lightning, the main character of Thirteen, for most of the game, she doesn't have an active role to play. She's just a bystander because they try to give everyone the screen, screen time. time. So a lot of sequences, especially in the latter half of the game, it's other people taking the spotlight and her just saying like, "Sounds good,、mm. I agree." All right, thank you, Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool story, bro. Yeah, exactly.、Um, anyway, yeah. So I, I would be really interested to hear how other people have,、um, have felt about their opinions changing over time, though.、Um, mm. So do feel free to let us know in the Discord and. Apologies in advance if we've offended people who like different games for different reasons. <laughs> But that's the thing; you don't have to. Don't feel bad. You're you're、exactly. entitled to your opinion. Exactly. Our opinion is one thing. You don't have to agree with it, and you know your opinion is something. We don't necessarily have to agree with it. We're not going to try and make you feel bad for for feeling that way. No, no, because because every game has its positive points.、Mm-hmm. And like, I just, know, I just think it's a travesty if you rank Final Fantasy X beneath Final Fantasy One or two or two. I just think that is that is ridiculous, and for that, I will smite you down. There we go, <laughs> Lauren's final word. There you go.、Um, so yeah, that that pretty much wraps things up.、Um, the next episode of Final Fantasy Nina is scheduled to come on the twentieth of April, just before the release of Nia version one point whatever it is, Gestalt. Mm. Remaster, remake. I'm excited. I'm、uh, excited. Until then, be sure to check out all our previous episodes on FinalFantasyUnion.com. And remember, if you enjoy what we do and the nonsense that we spout, then please do feel free to support us on Patreon.com/ffkhunion. And with that, it's time for us to say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production. <laughs> <laughs>